You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello everyone and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I'm your storyteller, Carmen. I'm the crime weaver, Tyler. I'm Gordy, a material that assumes the shape of its container. Thank you, CJ. Thank you, CJ. All right. Material that assumes the shape of its container. What shape are you taking today? My own. <laughs> and it, the shape is doing what? Recording, what does that shape do on re- Tuesdays? Recording a podcast. Yeah, which one? This one. <laughs> it's like pulling teeth. What are we the doing one, on this show? The one Gordy? you're listening to right now. You're already here. So on the last episode of Dragon Ball Z, uh, Captain Ginyu. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Carmen's gonna read. A weird fairy tale or piece of folklore to me and Tyler. She has chosen an obscure one that we have never heard before. Hopefully, it's one some of you have never heard before. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna pick it apart as we go and try to get it to make sense by the end, That's for sure. More or less correct. All right. Um. So we're going to China today. This is gonna be a two part episode. So gird your loins, everybody. Oof. China. This is China's Donhua experiment. Don't tell me that. China-wa. China. China-wa. China-dol-wa. That's a hard one. <laughs> Does not lend itself to that, I don't no. think. Is that uh, a portmanteau? Is that what you call that? You, if it worked, it would have been one. It was an attempt at a portmanteau, which is also a kind of mushroom, right? Oh. Portabella. Portmanteau mushroom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Big ones. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Love that on pizza. <laughs> love, love some portmanteau mushrooms <laughs> on a pizza. You're going to portobello mushroom on a pizza would be intense. <laughs> it's like a it whole w- slice. It would be the pizza. <laughs> it's a pizza with a hat. <laughs> That's why they called it Pizza Hat. And they have deep dish there. It's true. It's very good. Uh, Alright, so today we're going to be reading The Goddess of Mercy, a biography of the Bodhisattva, which is based on the legend of Mao Shan by Edward Werner and suggested to us by Sarah H. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, because this is a two-parter, we are skipping the executive producer for this week because we don't want to give you half a story. That'd no, be a bummer. No twofers. You don't need to share the glory with anybody. You know, a whole story all to yourself. Uh, we might not have done that in the past because we were young and foolish. Yeah. It's a new, new policy. <laughs> new policy. Will it change in the future? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. If things just unexpectedly change, just assume that we forgot. Roll with the punches. <laughs> we're, we're a fickle folk. Remember when we used to bleep stuff out? Yeah, yeah that was a fun a time. And then we just... Because Gordy thought it was a joke. No, I thought, was thought, joke. I thought it was a joke. I still okay. stand by that. And then we just stopped. That makes stopped. more sense because your jokes are crimes. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're reading this from Quan Yin opens the door to the golden age, the path of the mystics east and west by Elizabeth Clare Prophet. In case you want to find this that's very so many, dry book. So many words. And we're about to read so many more. You two ready? Oof. To China. All right, so a little background. This is the story of Kuan Yin, who used to be represented as a man until the Tang Dynasty. 
and she is a generally adored patron goddess of, of various things. Uh, she protects the sorrow, saves sailors, and is cooler than the Empress of Heaven, who is the actual patroness of seamen. Uh, she steps in when the other gods don't listen to the prayers, and she's the model of Chinese beauty, so if you say someone looks like her, then ultimate compliment. Uh, she also has three birthdays. Selfish. <laughs> hopefully if you she ask me. Hopefully she doesn't do that, like, it's my birthday month thing for each, <laughs> I am, each of them. This is a PSA. I am not a fan of the birthday month. It's it's there in the name. It's a birthday. Yeah. You get the one. You get exactly 24 hours from start to stop. <laughs> that is it. Don't give me this birthday month stuff. Yeah, but what if it's three of them? You get three birthdays. How, how far apart are they? And you can outsource it to the weekend. Like, you can have a half shitty day on your birthday and a half awesome day on the weekend. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say, yeah, you're allowed to reallocate up to 50% of it <laughs> to, to a day when you're not working. This has been Gordy Birthday Laws. <laughs> Make sure you abide by them, future citizens of Corgi Nation. I mean, just don't. Just don't with a birthday month. Not endorsed. All right, so in the 21st year... Of the reign of Tao Hao, a man named Po Chia, whose first name was Lo Yu, was an enterprising kinglet of Si Yu, and he did a three years war and seized the throne for 20 years. There's too many names. All right, so one dude was already emperor, another dude was a kinglet and did three years of war so that he could be emperor. I like the term kinglet. Me too. I feel like it's almost like chicklets. Kinda, yeah. It's like a fun, tiny, disappointing gum of kings. <laughs> uh, so the kingdom that he invented after three years of warfare was known as Hing Lin, and the title that he took for his reign was Mao Cheng. Uh, is there going to be a test? Yeah. There's This is like a Tolkien book. <laughs> so his queen and he lived nearly half a century without a son to succeed them. And they were pretty bummed about this. Uh, the queen suggests that they ha ask for help and maybe some forgiveness for all the bloodshed from his, like, pre-emperor war time. Yeah. Uh, three years worth. And then the god of Hoashen might be willing to give them an heir. So the king sends his chief ministers of ceremonies to the temple to ask for 50 priests to pray for seven days and nights for the king to have a son. Outsource it. And then afterward, the king and queen would get off their own asses to offer their own sacrifices. They better be good. Good sacrifices? Yeah, if you're going to outsource your praying. For seven days. To 50 people. Right. And then show up on the last day and it's like, hey. Yo, I'm here too. Here's a fucking yo-yo. <laughs> I got you one of those dinosaur finger puppets. <laughs> Looks like it's got a permanent rictus. <laughs> Can I have a baby boy, please? The paint is a little off on one eye. <laughs> I did play with it on the way. Uh, after all of this prayer and sacrifice, the god of Haoshan knew that the king had been specifically deprived of the honor of a male heir as a punishment for all that murder he did. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, but his priests argued that the king himself got off his ass and off the throne to offer sacrifices in person, which is not a thing kings do very often. Um, so he can't completely reject the prayers. Only a partial rejection. Right. Um, this so, is how we get Hans my hedgehogs. So this, yeah. <laughs> so this god sends Thousand Eye and favorable, favorable Wind Ear to go see if there's a, a worthy person on the verge of reincarnation that they could just like throw at this king. <laughs> Do we have an extra soul lying around? 
What is happening in this story already? King wants son. King has prayed. God has said, you're not supposed to have a son. You did a lot of war, but you did also ask nice, so they sent, here's like, a fucking hand-me-down. They sent a, a what now? They, he sent two people whose names translate to Thousand Eye and Favorable Windier. Why? I guess Thousand Eye can for, see good and Windier can hear good. Yeah, they're Why? good for finding they're, kid they're souls. scouts. Yeah, they need a new soul to throw at this king they, in the form of a baby. A new Okay, they're not looking for a loose soul. Yeah, they're looking for someone who's on the verge of reincarnation who's worthy of being re- reincarnated as a king's child. What's the application process for that? I'm sure long. How many of those can there possibly be lying around, though? That's very specific like, criteria. Yeah, like, worthy really, enough? Yeah. Really, Thousand Eye and Favorable Windier just spent their, like, three weeks in a back room of an office just sorting through files trying to find <laughs> someone to give their their pink card to kudos to them uh so they come back and they, they say, deserve a raise all right in india there's a good buddhist dude who has three sons uh but the sons did deny food to some brigands and his followers who were escaping some soldiers because the sons thought well these guys are evildoers and they didn't want to deprive the village of food to feed people who suck yep um so the brigands moved on and found a rich family's house and murdered everybody and took their stuff. As brigands do. So like head honcho god like makes a call on this situation and says, well, three generations, their family's done good and the brigands are bad. So like that's a problem. Yeah. But they are sort of responsible by not feeding them for the brigands going on a murder spree of this family. Just So, okay. Which so is like loose justice. They're not... They're not... The people who died aren't being reincarnated. No. It's the family that let the brigands go. Yeah. But didn't feed them. Right. That are being sort of like proed and conned right now. Correct. Okay. Yeah, so three sons who didn't feed. Um, And basically, it's the same as if they had murdered them themselves. Which seems like a dubious leap in logic to me. I mean, gods do that. (laughs) Is that... It's trickle-down justice. <laughs> and so he'd send them to space prison. Space prison? <laughs> yeah, the celestial prison. He'd put their souls in that. But they were alive. And I guess that was revoked also. Okay. Kidnapped to space. <laughs> by the gods. For not feeding brigands, but also not stopping them. I, I, yeah, I guess so. Like, if they apprehended brigands and given them to soldiers, that would probably have been better. So the, these are the sons of the Buddhist? Yeah. They were kidnapped to space. Yeah. While they were... But they're dead. They're dead now. They're dead okay. now. Because humans don't live in space good. Boy, <laughs> harsh. Pretty harsh, I it seems. It seems pretty harsh to me to compare didn't feed evildoers with murdered whole family but that's all just all three me. of them huh all three okay all three to space prison all right so the messenger of Hwashan, the god that had been applied to for a son uh suggests that instead of keeping them in pr- space prison that they use them to solve this whole Mao Chong king problem he's got and then reincarnate them in the womb of this queen as ladies all of them? All of them. But they did they want a son? They did want a son. Now, he did a lot of murder, so he can't get everything he wants. So... 
But he also did prayer by himself, which is a big thing for a king. So, so he gets something. We'll throw you like half a bone. So yeah. But but they're saying that that half a bone, instead of one son, you're going to get three daughters, mm-hmm. which is half as good. <laughs> yeah, three daughters is the Oreo to the one son's chocolate cake. <laughs> so it's... So you're saying that like the the value of a son is six times that of a daughter. That's probably yeah. All right. So Haoshan sends a messenger to this other god, who's Yu Hong, the head honcho god, and asks him to pardon the brothers and let them be girls of this queen he owes a favor to. So he sends their souls to the palace of the king, where in three years' time they're born as baby girls, like one each year. So. Okay. In in the context of this story, do yeah. they remember all of this? No. Okay. They're re like reincarnated. Yeah. Right? So presumably slate wiped clean. Yeah. They don't get to remember space prison. Nope. Or brigand crimes. That'd be very alarming. You're born knowing of space prison. Just just like a vague sense of like, oh man, I was in space prison. <laughs> I so did like, hard time. Like something went wrong. <laughs> All right, so the king... Your first words were Mama, Dada, and Space Catraz. (laughs) (laughs) What's, what's like, a cool prison sentence that you can say? Because I was trying to to come up with something like Mama, Dada, commissary money? (laughs) But I don't know, like, what do you you say? I've never been to the clink. (laughs) I think I was in, like... Maybe an old Civil War one or something. There's no doors on it. Just for funsies? Yeah. Just looking at it. Quick Google search. It's not that quick, so we're not going to spend too much more time on that joke. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> um, think about what it could have been, everybody. Dr- dream of the possibilities of a joke not realized. Mad lib it for us. Put, it, put a good joke in your head and laugh at it. Give Gordy the credit. Uh, so the king was awaiting the birth of an heir and was informed that instead he'd had a daughter named Mao Ching, and then another year, another daughter named Mao Lin, and on the third year, the third daughter, and the king gets rageful at the thought of the third daughter and calls the grand minister to whine about not getting a son. You didn't pray good enough. Uh, the minister points out that daughters are basically bargaining chips for choosing his own son out of a list of fully grown, vetted options. Hey, there you go. <laughs> and you get three shots at it. And he doesn't even have to raise him. So the king does deign to give his third daughter a name. And her, That's nice of him. Her name is Mao Shan. And I guess he chills out a bit. So Mao Shan's noted for her modesty and all the good things she does. And she was very intensely Buddhist. One day, her three sisters, she and her two sisters were playing in the garden when Mao Shan says to her sisters that riches and glory are like rain. Here and then gone. I like to think of them as like five yeah. at this point. And she- She's on some profound shit. Yeah, she's standing... The two girls are playing, like, dolls and tea party, and she wipes clear the the tea party table and stands upon it and orates. (laughs) Kings and emperors think they can enjoy the good fortune forever, but sickness lays them low in coffins. Can you add, like, a kid lisp? Where are all these great dynasties now? For me, I only want a peaceful retreat... (laughs) On a lone mountain to attempt attainment of perfection. That was that Tweety Bird stuff I was uh, looking for. Okay. I couldn't say ours when I was a kid, so it's that's just, what I'm going for. It's just bracing for this to accidentally become racist. <laughs> if I can reach a high degree of goodness, 
I'll be able to travel through the universe and rescue my parents and bring them to heaven and save the miserable and the afflicted and convert the evil spirits to good. Rescue? Rescue my parents. From what? Rescue. Bad stuff. Okay. Again, this is how I talked when I was a kid. And only her. She's telling her other sisters, like, stay out of my way. Basically. This is my only ambition. Yes, they did. The other two fell asleep and pooped their pants. (laughs) In that order, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, whatever. As soon as she finishes speaking, the lady, a lady of the court comes to announce that the king has found husbands for the two older daughters and they're going to have a wedding feast tomorrow. So maybe older than five. A good bit. <laughs> but I think more fun if she was five. <laughs> or three, which is when I think I was having a lot more trouble with my R's. <laughs> so that happens, I guess. The wedding for the two older ones. Mm-hmm. They kind of gloss over it. I mean, they're not important. No. And now now the sisters are married to a celebrated minister and a sweet-ass military officer. So, good gets. But not good enough, because all the Marian attention turns on to Mao Shan, where the parents want to find a man famous for his knowledge and virtue who could be a good successor to the throne, because they've already thrown away their first two bargaining chips on decent, but I guess not throne-worthy dudes. Maybe, maybe like, try finding that with your first two. (laughs) So they're down to down to the last daughter. Yeah. Who is yeah, where? Don't, don't assume your first two shots are mulligans. <laughs> you gotta try. <laughs> Live like the first two are mulligans. <laughs> That's my motto. <laughs> and then raise like pitch a fit if someone won't give you a third shot. Uh so the the king calls his daughter to talk about the, the plans he has for finding her a good king husband and uh, she says well it's a crime not to comply with my father's wishes but i have a different idea it's a crime to disagree and i do <laughs> <laughs> and he says well tell me what your ideas are and she says um not get married <laughs> <laughs> how about yeah how about just no i is wish this, this is the little girl who like went viral because she said i don't like Boys, I like birds and Netflix. <laughs> Missed you, that, but do agree. you remember this? I, it was just like a like a meme that went around. They're like, "What do you like?" Like, I don't like boys. I like birds and Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty good. Do. On board. Chil- children can be interesting. <laughs> um, I wish to attain perfection and Buddhahood, and then I promise I will not be ungrateful to you. The king is instantly angry because that's his only two emotions are scheming or anger. Uh, And he says, wretch of a daughter, you think you can teach me, the head of state and ruler of so great a people? No one's ever heard of the daughter of a king becoming a nun. Can a good woman be found in that class? So they don't think highly of nuns. I guess. In this family. Put away these mad ideas and tell me at once you'll marry the first academic or military first graduate. Just the first one? A first one. I guess like a top tier okay i thought he meant like the next one to come along <laughs> yeah the first guy who knows books that's yours <laughs> first book man come by yeah, he's you gonna marry. be emperor uh she says no dad i want to be a nun with respect to the riches and glory of this world my heart is as cold as a dead cinder king is just going around town putting up flyers that say do you like books and women <laughs> 
stop by the palace for a good time. Got a deal for you. (laughs) Take my daughter. Be an emperor. Uh, Yeah, so in regard to the riches and glory of the world, my heart is as cold as a dead cinder, and I feel a keen desire to make it purer and purer. It's a real pain to be around. Verbose. Yes. So the king rose in a fury and was about to cast her from his presence, and Mao Shan, knowing that she could not openly disobey him, takes another course and says that if he insists on marrying her, then she will happily marry a physician. Uh, King's not happy about this either, calls it absurd, and she replies that it's her wish to heal humanity of its ills. Cold, heat, lust, old age, all the infirmities. She wants to equalize all classes, have a community of goods without distinction of persons. That's not what doctors do. Seize the means of production. Yeah. Uh, If you let me, I can still in this way become a Buddha. No need to call the diviners to choose an auspicious day. Let's just do this now. Bring me a doctor. (laughs) First doctor you see, I'm marrying him. All right, so the king is still rageful when he calls her a wicked imbecile and says, what diabolical suggestions are these that you dare make in my presence? Then he calls the officer of the palace guard and tells him that this wicked nun dishonors him and he wants her court robes taken and have her driven from his presence. She can die in the queen's garden of cold and that will be one less care for my troubled heart. So that's a no? (laughs) No on on doctor dad. No on doctor compromise. No. Yeah, <laughs> feels feels like mm, yeah, maybe not a lot of traction. And Miao Shan fell on her face and thanked the king because being exiled to a garden is essentially what she wanted. Literally what I was after. <laughs> uh, and then she began to lead her retired hermit life in the garden. So they just had like a hermit daughter <laughs> hanging out in flowers behind the castle. In the guest bedroom. Um, everyone tried to dissuade her from this. I don't know why, because she'd kind of been exiled, so I'm not sure why everyone cares all of a sudden. Um, the king and queen still care, so I guess this was just a temporary anger rage exile. This was the go to your room, the go die in the mi- in <laughs> go, your mom's go di- die in your room, <laughs> <laughs> go die in a garden. So the king and queen try to get her sisters to go and bring her to her senses for one, one last time. Uh, Miao Shan, annoyed at this renewed attempt to bother her ordered haughtily that they should never come and torment her again with their silly prattle. And anyway, she's discovered that there's a temple known as the Nunnery of the White Bird. Uh, So can you go ask mom and dad to let me go? I'll reward you. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Kind of a fun exchange. Like, you guys are trash. Can you ask mom and dad to give me permission to go to this nunnery? Quick favor. (laughs) Quick favor, trash people. (laughs) So they go back and their dad asks, well, how'd it go? And they say, well, she's more unapproachable than ever. <laughs> uh, she does, however, want to go, want want some permission to go to this weird white bird nunnery place. So the king gives his permission, but then sends strict orders ahead of her to the nunnery to dissuade her from wanting to stay. So he's like, yeah, sure, you can go. And he's like, make her time miserable there. The superior of the nunnery tells the choir mistress to be courteous to her when she shows up, but dissuade her from the life of a nun, per the orders. <laughs> and then they go to meet Mao Shan and salute her, and uh, Shan returns the salute, but says, Hey guys, I just left the world to be placed under your order, so why do you salute me? Please take me to the temple to pay my respects to Buddha. So after this, she goes to meet the choir mistress, who is also her instructress, and who tries to persuade the princess to go home. But as that didn't work, they were like, well, let's give her a trial and put her in charge of the kitchen to prepare food for all 500 people in the nunnery. And then she'll suck at it and we'll be able to dismiss her, and that's fine. I mean, since she's here. 
yeah, we'll, we are, we'll see if we can get some work out of her, and if we can't, we can fire her. <laughs> Sabotage her. Yeah. So Mao Shan is joyful when she hears this. And she 500 makes, people? Yes. Let me fucking add it. Uh, she makes a humble offering to the Buddha and promises to observe the rules of the nunnery, which pleased Yu Hong, the master of heaven. And he decides he's going to summon the spirit of the North Star and send him... Like, this chick's done renounced the world and is taking on the, all the work of the nunnery. She's, like, keeping 500 people alive. If we don't help her, who's left who's willing to adopt the virtuous life? So go order the three agents, the god of the five sacred peaks, the eight ministers of the heavenly dragon, Chin Lan, and the Tuati to send her help at once. Get an army <laughs> of ghost people. For For what purpose? To help, like, to Cinderella assist her basically like the birds and the mice uh okay. but it's ghosts yeah, and well, gods and dragons uh then tell the sea dragon to dig a well near the kitchen ask a tiger to bring her firewood get birds to collect the vegetables and have all the spirits of heaven help her in her duties so she can give herself up to that pursuit of perfection without distraction that's so much stuff does the tiger ask why am i here <laughs> Yo, I brought wood. Why did? Why was it me that had wood? <laughs> why is this I my job? I don't get job. wood usually. It was hard for me to do. Why I, I did it? I, I did. I watched a beaver while I did it. It sucked. I asked a beaver for pointers. Hey, sorry I'm late. It took me six weeks to learn how to chop down a tree with my face. <laughs> you know the way beavers do. Like, Do you made still that need wood. this wood? I could have gotten you meat. Anything. This is not really my skill set. <laughs> I could have dug the well. Do you want a dead beaver? I have that too. <laughs> I, I used him. That I one's like, on me. I, I knocked him against the tree till it fell down. <laughs> Problem solving. All right. So the superior sees that all the gods are coming to help her. And she goes and meets the choir mistress saying, hey, we gave her this shitty job to make her go back to the world, but now all these gods and wild animals are doing her work for her. There's a fucking nuthouse over there. Obviously, miracles are being performed, so go fetch the king and ask him to recall his daughter, because miracles, I guess, are not, uh, like, a fun thing to have happen around you. Maybe it's a nuisance. I would think you'd be, like, super into it in a nunnery. Or they're just jealous. Or that. Just making them all look bad because all of heaven likes her better than them. It's true. Like, we've been nunnering for 50 years, and we haven't had so much as a tiger bring firewood. Yeah. <laughs> She's here for a week. I open the door, and it's tigers and dragons for days. <laughs> it's just animal animals everywhere, and I've been riding this nun train hard. <laughs> Birds won't even look at me anymore. <laughs> I've never had a god scour the pots for me. All right, so when the king's told of everything that had happened, he gets together an army of 5,000 people to go surround the nunnery of the white bird and burn it to the ground, nuns included. I don't think the nuns foresaw that outcome. <laughs> I don't think so either. I don't know what's so bad about miracles and, like, wanting to be a nun that is worth murdering all 500 people in a nunnery also dog this is what got you in this predicament in the first place the murder is yeah. the wanton murder yeah that's the reason none of your daughters have a pecker <laughs> like you wanted the wanton murders all right so the 500 doomed nuns invade invoke the aid of heaven and earth 
and blame Maoshan for this disaster that's about to befall them. They did it. Yes. Well. They're bad at none. They can point to her and be like, <laughs> you have a bad dad. You shouldn't have come here. Yeah, we called him here, but, you know, I wish we didn't. Wish you hadn't made us. <laughs> wish you hadn't made us. By doing all these <laughs> miracles and stuff for people. Yeah, you think you're so cool. For being such a good nun. Um, Maoshan agrees that she alone is the cause of their destruction. I mean, that's just her deal. Yeah, uh, so she prays, prays for rescue from fiery destruction and takes her bamboo hairpin, pricks the roof of her mouth, and spits flowing blood toward heaven, which I guess is some kind of sacrifice. Or like a fuck you heaven. You sent me all these tigers full of firewood to make my dad mad. <laughs> like you do. Uh, so then great clouds gathered and started raining and it puts out the fire and the nuns thank her for saving their lives. The leader of the, the king's guard returns to the king to tell him about the all the magic stuff that just happened. Uh, and the king is enraged and tells him to go back at once and bring his daughter in chains and behead her on the spot. These nuns turn on a dime. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody seems to. If you're not going to get the marriage that you want out of your daughter anyway, like if you're going to end up at killing her, why not just let her be a nun? Yeah. Like, she's dead to you anyway. You're not going to see her. She's hanging out with ghosts. Yeah, she's and tigers. busy. Uh, the queen begs the king to give his daughter one last chance and offers to build a magnificent pavilion on the side of the road where Miao Shan will pass in chains on the way to her execution, and the queen will be there with the rest of the family, and everyone's going to enjoy music and songs and feasting to contrast our luxurious life with his miserable plight, and surely she'll repent and want to join us for, like, a sweet cookout. That's all the queen has ever wanted. That's a bizarre plan. Well, they seem to be mad at her for wanting to, like, have... For wanting to be a, a humble person. Yeah, have a pure nun life. And I guess if she's been evangelizing at them from a soapbox since the age of three, they might be a little sick of some of it. Sure, it's annoying, but, like, there's yeah. an extent. Yeah, like, she can go be annoying in the nunnery where you don't have to listen to it anymore. Like, what's so bad about her wanting to do that, and why do you think cake is going to fix it why do you think like buckets of kfc while she's walking to her death is gonna fix anything i mean it because that sounds like this setup looks like you are celebrating the execution it, that's that's been planned it sure does sound that way it's a very ding dong the witch is beheaded <laughs> sort of cool tea party that you have going on here and you know cake fixes a lot of issues for me like i'm i'm down with cake but i don't <laughs> think this is the the place for it so the king agrees. That to would be a baller last meal, though. Just a big cake. <laughs> what, yeah, like the, what's like your... the one from a Matilda. Yeah, Matilda. Matilda. I want a whole cake from Kroger. <laughs> Cookies for breakfast. No, I want that Matilda chocolate cake. <laughs> that thing looks amazing. All right, so the king agrees, but when the time came, Maoshan shows nothing but disdain for the tea party and says, no, I'd rather be dead. <laughs> It's not the answer they were hoping for, so she's taken to her execution. The entire court is present. Sacrifices are made to her as though she's already dead, and the queen tries one last time to save her, but she just listens silently. The king gets suddenly squeamish about killing his daughter, so instead of going <laughs> through... It's the temper, sort of... Like, leaning off for yeah, a moment. dwindling down again. Oh, wait, what am I doing? So he has her in prison to make a last effort to save her. 
But she says, I'm going to be executed in front of the... But Oh, he says she's going to get executed in front of the palace gate if she can continues giving him attitude and not eating <laughs> a cake. Enough of your sass. Uh, the 2T, which is some kind of like local spirit guardian character, overhears the verdict and goes to Yu Hong, the master of heaven, who says, Save Buddha, there's none in the West so noble as this princess. She won't even eat cake. Say her neck. <laughs> Tomorrow, Gro breaks the swords and splinter the lances that they're going to use to execute her. See that she suffers no pain. At the moment of her death, turn into a tiger and bring her body to the pine wood. Let's just have tigers do all of our errand work. Tigers are the errand boys of heaven. <clears throat> Log tiger is like, hey, do you need me for anything? I'm like, now nah, we're just going to have a, a guardian spirit do it. Still have like an excess of two by fours that you have me pick up at the depot. <laughs> Built myself a log cabin. I still have more left. Been looking at color swatches all afternoon. <laughs> I don't know what you wanted me to do that for. Uh, deposit her body in a safe place. Put a magic pill in her mouth so she won't decay and her triumphant soul can find it fresh when it gets back. Because uh, it's going to have to go to the lower regions, and when she returns from the dead, she can go to Xiangshan on Puto Island and reach the highest state of perfection. going to get her dream after she dies. Uh, so the princess, who did continue in her sass, goes to the execution and says, as she's about to be executed, Today I leave the world for a better life. Kill me quick and don't mutilate my body. The king's warrant okay. arrives. The sky becomes overcast and dark, but a bright light surrounds Miaoshan. At some point, you'd have to, like, stop and think about what you're doing, right? No. Yeah. They've already seen miracles happening. They do not care. Well, yeah, that's They're a good point. They probably expected a couple last-minute miracles. Uh, the sword of the executioner broke on her neck. The spear that they thrust at her falls into pieces. So the king, instead of, like, just taking this as a sign, uh, orders that she instead be strangled with a silken cord. King refusing to acknowledge his impotence. In the face of the universe. <laughs> Just keeps Says, on going. Choke her out. <laughs> Whatever you need to do. Uh, moments later, when she died, the tiger leapt up, dispersed the executioners, and put her inanimate body on his back and goes to the pine forest. <laughs> the commander of the guard goes to the palace and recounts these details to the king, who I guess was too squeamish to actually watch this happen. Cool king. And he gets a reward of two ingots of gold, and that's the last time we see him. Very strong, powerful king. Yeah. So the commander of the guard gets to retire in peace. So, meantime, Mao Shen's soul was born on a cloud. She wakes up from dying and sighs, My father just had me strangled. What is this place? There are no mountains or trees or vegetation or sun or moon or stars or sound or bird cackling or dog barking. (laughs) How can I live somewhere so desolate? I don't know. I'd probably be okay without hearing birds cackling. <laughs> uh, suddenly, a young man in a blue and shining bright light carrying a large banner shows up and says, By the order of Yen Wang, king of the hells, I have come to take you to the 18 infernal regions. Sucks. Where am I now? This is the lower world. Hell. Your refusal to marry and how easily you chose an ignominious death rather than... Uh, make back on your resolutions deserves the recognition of Yu Hong and the ten gods of the lower regions are impressed and have sent me to you fear nothing follow me <laughs> no credit for the nun stuff nah that was all ghosts and tigers heaven and all that uh, Mao Shan began her visit to all the infernal regions and this is just like a celebrity tour of them 
So she's not being subjected to hell. She's just observing it. The gods of the ten hells came to congratulate her. She asks, who am I that you deign to take trouble to show me such respect? And they said, we heard that when you recite your prayers, all evil disappears as if by magic. So we want to hear you pray. (laughs) Show us what you got. So she puts on a prayer concert for them. Um, And she says, on one condition, that all the condemned ones in the ten infernal regions be released from their chains to listen to me as well. So they do this, she does her praying, hell is transformed to a paradise of joy, and the instruments of torture become lotus flowers. Fine. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Good concert. What? Uh, Pan Quan, the keeper of the register of living and dead, sends word to Yen Wang, the king of the hells, and complains about there being no more pain in hell. (laughs) We got quotas! (laughs) My numbers are What are you doing down there? And since it's always been decreed that in justice there must be both heaven and hell, you need to send this saint back to earth. She's messing everything up. She's too good. Too powerful. So Yen Wang agrees to have her escorted back to her body. Can't even do hell stuff to her. (laughs) She's just impervious. Uh, So she's alive again, gives another bitter sigh, complains that without any lonely mountain to give herself up to in pursuit of perfection, what's even the point? And starts crying. Then the Julei Buddha shows up. This woman who only wants harm to come to her as like penance cannot have harm done to her. (laughs) Uh, Julei Buddha shows up and asks why she's come to this place and she tells her whole story and he says, well, I pity your misfortune, but there's no one to help you. I'm also alone. Let's get married. We can build a hut and pass our days in peace. Who? What do you say? Who said this? The Julei Buddha who just kind of like popped up on the scene of her rebirth. Who? Does he where, know the tiger? Where? Yeah, they're like old tiger drinking buddies. Vouch. Has he been in this story previously? Nah. Just too many people. He's just a Buddha. Okay, just a Buddha? Like a, an important one, I think. Uh, she says, sir... Don't make impossible suggestions. I just died and came back to life. How can you speak so lightly to me? (laughs) Got a point. Do me the pleasure of withdrawing from my presence. Use that one next time someone's hidden on you at a bar. (laughs) He says, well, I am none other than the Buddha of the West come to test your virtue. This place sucks for devotion. Like, you pass the test. This place blows, though, so you need to come with me to sing, Sean. And she throws herself on her knees and says, dude, sorry for my lack of respect. I defo did not recognize you or think that you would come to a place like this. And also, where's this mountain? (laughs) Tell me more about the mountain, though. And he says, it's an old monastery built in the earliest historical times and inhabited by immortals. It's on an island in the sea more than uh, 3,000 li, which is 932 miles or 1,500 kilometers away. She says, I fear I couldn't bear the fatigue of so long a journey. And he says, no worries. I got a magic peach. It'll make you free of hunger, thirst, old age, death, etc. You'll live forever. Oh. Then forever's plenty of time to walk 1,500 kilometers. So she eats the peach and starts her journey. The spirit of the North Star is watching from the clouds and says, hey, guardian of the soil of Hsing Shan, go be a tiger and take her the rest of the way. Tigers are Aaron voice. <laughs> I feel for Tiger. This 2T transformed into a tiger, stood in the middle of the road before her, and roared. And she said, I am a poor girl devoid of filial piety. Like, I suck at obeying my dad, so um, devour me. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not a, I'm not a real tiger. <laughs> I'm under orders to carry you to your destination. I just like to roar. Don't tell people. 
Yeah. Like, it's a suit. It's, it's not, just between you and me, okay? It's not all log, log carrying and chores. I just Sometimes I want to feel like a real tiger. <laughs> Alright, and she says, Since you got these instructions, I'll obey, and when I've attained perfection, I won't forget your kindness. I promise not to forget the little people. So the tiger is off like a flash of lightning and spares our filmmakers the need for more fret travel montage. And we'll leave it there for this first episode. Okay. <laughs> We had a lot happen. Yeah. And yet I feel like not a lot of it matters. What What do you feel doesn't matter? I don't know. It just took a very long time to get here, didn't it? I mean, what we need to know going forward is that she's very good at being Buddhist. Yeah. She's heading to a mountain with a Buddha. Yeah. Because she's so good at it. Nah, with a tiger. The Buddha stayed back. Oh, he stayed? Yeah, he just gave her instructions. He's got uh, Buddha stuff to do. I see. He's the Buddha of the whole West. He's busy. And she got this way because her dad did war crimes. Right. And she was released from space prison. Yes. To be born Yeah. Again. I, I just feel like you could simplify this a lot. Could probably skip the whole nunnery thing. Yeah, does it matter? Like, you could have skipped from, no, Dad, I don't want to get married, and if you make me, it'll be to a doctor to execute her on the spot. I mean, it doesn't really matter where she does miracles. She's just doing them. Right. Or she's, she is... Nearby when they the happen. The catalyst of miracles. She's like, she's just the, the eye of the miracles. Yeah. They happen like a hurricane around her. The society does not like nuns. To a fault. Yeah, it... I'm not really sure why, but they do have a nun beef. I mean, if there's a group of people who don't want to eat your cake, that's just more cake for you. Yeah. Why are you upset about it? It's like being mad at someone for becoming vegetarian. I'm kind of into the idea of heaven having a happy accident. What? Like, they 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 were not aware that they were making the best Buddhist ever. <laughs> When they release yeah. the soul from space jail? Yeah, somehow the cocktail of brother who didn't feed robbers but also let them go and King Wishes made the best Buddhist ever and they're like into it. They're very happy that it happened. Send her all our tigers. Yeah. But they were pretty surprised also. Give her every tiger we have. I feel like they're going to spend a lot of time trying to reproduce these results. <laughs> it's just a perfect storm. That produced the hyper Buddha. <laughs> I don't even want to guess at where this is going. You don't? No. I, I can't. What do you think the tiger density of part two is going to be? Still pretty high. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say there's going to be a boat in the second half, too. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I'm back on boat watch. <laughs> the boat call has been made. How do you feel about eggs? I don't know. Not, not as... Not as bad as you would think. Mm. I would say 30-70 okay. for, for an egg showing up. Tyler, any calls you want to make? Uh, When you're welcome to call an egg, I think it's unlikely, but... Sure, I'll call an egg. The Based on what I'm reading in the trades, <laughs> an, an egg is... It's a good payout if you hit it. I'll buy stock in EGG. <laughs> I'll buy... <laughs> One stock in egg, please. Uh, the peach that she eats. I think it's, Not an egg. I think it's the same peach that uh, the Monkey King kind of like fucked with. Did she eat it in heaven? No, but it was given to her by a Buddha. Then maybe. 
Because he it was peaches, right? That he was supposed to guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it might be the same kind of very likely immortality peach. I don't. It's hard for me to think of something crazier than woman goes to hell and makes it a good place to live with lotus instruments of torture. <laughs> yeah, like that's hard to top. Like she's I throw, don't know. Yeah, she throws a sweet prayer concert and everything's hunky dory. I guess we'll find out next time. Thank you again to Sarah H. for suggesting this one to us. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, thank you to all of our patrons thank for you. supporting our show. Thank you, patrons. Thank you to our top tier patrons, Whisper Biscuit, Sarah, Robert, Grace, Aspen, Jeremiah, Roast Rabbit, Haley, <laughs> Plain Boring Tim, this week, as, as it says. Dom, Justin, Lily, Jenna, Jen, and Heather. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you always, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, John Waterbottle. Thank, thank you, John, John Waterbottle. Water thank you, Rolled Doll. Thank, thank you, Rolled Doll. Doll. Thank you, The Neon. Thank you, thank you the, the Neon. Thank you, Knives. Thank, thank you, knives. knives. Thank you, Yonder Toad. Thank, thank you, Yonder, Yonder Toad. Toad. Thank you, Home Depot Tiger. Thank, thank you, Home Depot Tiger. Thank you, Hell Party. Thank you, Hell Party. We're what the folklore, that's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.